Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled, Ezra Puts His Trust in the Lord. It shall be focused on a study of Ezra chapter 8. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. May it speak to us today and may you teach us that which you would like us to know and may it change our hearts from the inside and help us to die from the old men and be alive in Christ through your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Ezra chapter 8. Chapter 8 These are now the chief of their fathers. And this is the genealogy of them that went up with me from Babylon, in the reign of Artaxerxes the king. Of the sons of Phinehas, Gershom. Of the sons of Ithamar, Daniel. Of the sons of David, Hattush. Of the sons of Shechaniah, of the sons of Pharosh, Zechariah. And with him were reckoned by genealogy of the males, an hundred and fifty. Of the sons of Pehath Moab, Elihoenai, the son of Zerahiah. And with him two hundred males. Of the sons of Shechaniah, the son of Jehaziel, and with him three hundred males. Of the sons also of Adin, Ebed, the son of Jonathan, and with him fifty males. And of the sons of Elam, Jeshaiah, the son of Athaliah, and with him seventy males. And of the sons of Shephatiah, Zebediah, the son of Michael, and with him fourscore males. Of the sons of Joab, Obadiah, the son of Jehiel, and with him two hundred and eighteen males. And of the sons of Shilomith, the son of Josephiah, and with him an hundred and threescore males. And of the sons of Bebai, Zechariah the son of Bebai, and with him twenty and eight males. And of the sons of Asgad, Johanan, the son of Hakatan, and with him an hundred and ten males. And of the last sons of Adonikam, whose names are these, Eliphalet, Jeiel, and Shemaiah, and with them threescore males. Of the sons also of Bigvi, Uthai, and Zabud, and with them seventy males. And I gathered them together to the river that runneth to Ahava, and there abode we in tents three days. And I viewed the people and the priests, and found there none of the sons of Levi. Then sent I for Eliezer, for Ariel, for Shemaiah, and for Elnathan, and for Jerib, and for Elnathan, and for Nathan, and for Zechariah, and for Meshulam, chief man. Also for Joyrib, and for Elnathan, men of understanding. And I sent them with commandment unto Ido, the chief at the place Cassiphia, and I told them what they should say unto Ido, and his brethren the Nethanims, at the place Cassiphia, that they should bring unto us ministers for the house of our God. And by the good hand of our God upon us, they brought us a man of understanding, of the sons of Marli, the son of Levi, the son of Israel, and Sherebiah with his sons and his brethren, eighteen, and Hashabiah, and with him Jeshaiah, of the sons of Merari, his brethren and their sons, twenty, also of the Nethanims, whom David and the princes had appointed for the service of the Levites, two hundred and twenty Nethanims. All of them were expressed by name. Then I proclaimed a fast there, at the river of Ahava, that we might afflict ourselves before our God, to seek of him a right way for us, and for our little ones, and for all our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way, because we had spoken unto the king, saying, the hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. 
Then I separated twelve of the chief of the priests, Sherebiah, Hashabiah, and ten of their brethren with them, and weighed unto them the silver and the gold and the vessels, even the offering of the house of our God, which the king and his counselors and his lords, and all Israel there present, had offered. I even weighed unto their hand six hundred and fifty talents of silver, and silver vessels an hundred talents, and of gold an hundred talents, also twenty basins of gold of a thousand drams, and two vessels of fine copper, precious as gold. And I said unto them, Ye are holy unto the Lord. The vessels are holy also, and the silver and the gold are a freewill offering unto the Lord God of your fathers. Watch ye, and keep them, until ye weigh them before the chief of the priests and the Levites, and chief of the fathers of Israel at Jerusalem, in the chambers of the house of the Lord. So took the priests and the Levites the weight of the silver, and the gold, and the vessels, to bring them to Jerusalem, and to the house of our God. Then we departed from the river of Ahava, on the twelfth day of the first month, to go unto Jerusalem. And the hand of our God was upon us, and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy, and of such as lay in wait by the way. And we came to Jerusalem, and abode there three days. Now on the fourth day was the silver and the gold and the vessels weighed in the house of our God, by the hand of Merimoth, the son of Uriah the priest, and with him was Eleazar the son of Phinehas, and with them was Josabad, the son of Jeshua, and Noadiah, the son of Binuai, Levites, by number and by weight of every one, and all the weight was written at that time. Also the children of those that had been carried away, which were come out of the captivity, offered burnt offerings unto the God of Israel, twelve bullocks for all Israel, ninety and six rams, seventy and seven lambs, twelve he-goats for a sin offering. All this was a burnt offering unto the Lord. And they delivered the king's commissions unto the king's lieutenants, and to the governors on this side of the river, and they furthered the people and the house of God. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled Absolute. This was preached in 1962 on December 30th in the morning. We'll begin at paragraph 158 up to paragraph 315. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Joseph is experienced hit Paul. He went out in Egypt and Arabia somewhere and studied three years. Glory! He had to be positive. And when he seen when the Holy Spirit directed him word by word, he could write that book of Hebrews and show those shoes. Certainly. Why? He was centered. That compass of the Holy Spirit put him right on the North Star. Now, if you got something pulling you off of it, you better leave it alone. A son, it'll point to his word and only to his word. Because the Holy Spirit came to manifest or vindicate God's promise. There's no creed to do that. No organization will do it. No powers of nothing can do it. Only the Holy Spirit by the word. And he is the germ. Now, you take a grain of wheat, a pretty grain of wheat. But it can do nothing. It's dead until the germ comes into it. Then it produces many grains of wheat. And Christ is that life. Amen. That absolute. If the wheat doesn't have that absolute in it, it'll never rise. If that wheat don't have that absolute, maybe ever so pretty on the outside, but it cannot live because there's nothing in it to live by. But when it gets that absolute, it can look in the face of all critics Amen. and say, I'll rise 
rise again. Why? Because it's got the absolute. It's in it. It's got to rise again. And when if ye abide me and my words abide in you, then ask what you will. That's that absolute. But if you got creeds and everything else tied up into it, you can't mix oil and water. You just take it and break it any way you want to. It'll never mix because it's two different chemicals. And you can't make creed and the Bible, contrary to the Bible, mix. You can't make denomination and freeborn religion or freeborn salvation mixed together. Because as sure God only deals, I'm going to say it anyway. God never breaks His program. He cannot break because it's infinite. And I realize, you know, uh, it goes for lots of people. But God cannot break His program. He cannot do something one day and change it over and do something and say it's wrong that day. God doesn't deal with groups of men. God deals with an individual because man has different ideas. He's built up different in nature. God has to take that man and mess him around and pull him around out of his own self until he gets him in his nature. And then God deals with that person. Look all down through the ages. Noah, Moses, the prophet. Never two of them at the same time. One. Constantly. All the way down through the ages. Therefore, you say in the multitude of counsel they're saved. Look at it. It's a priest turned out all go to the tabernacle. There was Ahab and there was Jehoshaphat. And they were going up to Ramoth Gilead to push back. Fundamentally, they were right. The land did belong to them. And the, the enemy, the Syrians up there, was filling their children's belly with the wheat that the Israelites should be God-given property. So fundamentally, it seemed good. Yeah. Go with me and go up there and we'll push them off the land. Well, that sounded awful good. Fundamentally, it was right. But it's conditioned. Jehoshaphat, being a good man, said, but shouldn't we consult the Lord? Of course, he had that backslider. said, well, sure, borderline believer, you know, said, oh, certainly I should have thought of that. I've got 400 Hebrew prophets. 400 of my feet take care of. They're the best there is in the country. We'll bring them up. And all of them together with one accord. That one of the Lord is with you. Fundamentally, they were right. But they hadn't caught that absolute. Amen. Amen. Then when he said, isn't there one more? He said, yes, there's another one, but I hate him. He said, he's always telling evil about me. Always saying, how could he prophesy to them? When the whole world, Elijah, who had been before him, said to Ahab, the dogs will lick your blood. Amen. Now, how could that vindicated prophet say anything that wasn't the will of God? <clears throat> how that the dogs would eat Jezebel and the dung would be up on the field so they could not say, here lays Jezebel. With a curse like that on a man, how could anybody else bless? Amen. That's the way it is. They, how can a man bless these things that's taking people further from God? Amen. Amen. There's only one thing to do if you have to stand by yourself. Curse the thing in the name of the Lord. And stay with it. When you're absolute, you say, well, Brother Bram, you make people hate you. God love you. Amen. That's my absolute. Amen. Can't rest on an arm of flesh. You got to rest on the word. What God said. How did Micah know he was right? He waited. He had a vision. They had a vision too, but the vision didn't compare with the word. Amen. And today, the same thing. Micah compared his vision with the word, and then he seen he and the word was together. Today, if your vision's contrary to the word, leave it alone, because it's a wrong absolute. Micah's absolute was exactly with the word, so he could stand and say, 
he, what he said and, and believed it. When he smacked him in the mouth and said, which way did the Spirit of God go? He said, you'll find out when you sit in the inner chamber. He said, when I return in peace, you put this man in the inner prison. And when I return in peace today, I'll deal with this thought. Oh, now, Micah, what about it? Your head will be chopped off when he comes back. Micah stood there just as stern as Stephen's did. Amen. Just as willing as my Lord walked to the cross. Just as easy as Daniel went into the lion's den. Or Shadrach, Meshach, and go into the furnace. Absolutely, he stood there and said, if you return at all. Why, he was absolute. If you return at all, God never spoke to me. Chop my head off then. He had an absolute. He knew that his compass that had guided him to this vision was exactly with the North Star. Sir, his anchor held. Yes, the word in it only. If you're absolute, if you have an absolute in your life, there was a time when, you know, Edwards had an absolute. I can't think of that woman's name, but the whole nation trusted in what that woman said. I forget her name. I was writing a note here. I couldn't think of that woman's name, uh, what it was, but here a few years ago, they had to be. This woman, what she said, if she said, use the knife in the left hand, that was, that was it. That was the absolute. She was the answer to all of it. And if you put the fork in the left hand, then you were absolutely wrong. What was her name? Oh, that's it, sure. Yeah, that's it. Now, you were, you were absolute. She was, she was absolute. It must be that way. Like oh, many things we find like that. But we find out, now it's gone. Eat the way you want to. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. But that was uh, uh absolute. Had to do it that way. There was a time when Adolf Hitler was Germany's absolute. Whatever he said when he said, jump, they jumped. He said, kill, they kill. Millions of Jews, he dotted his head. See what happened to that kind of an absolute? It looked like power, but it was contrary to the word. Amen. How do you know it was contrary to the word? God said, when Balaam tried to look down upon Israel, the curse that he said, I see him as a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. How righteous are thou tents? Whoever curses you will be cursed. Whoever Amen. blesses you will be blessed. Look like Hitler could have saw that. It looked like them German Christians could have saw that. That absolute. Absolutely contrary to that word. You know, as it's been said, man, God made man, but man made slaves. One trying to rule over there, and we've got one ruler, that's God. But Hitler was Germany's absolute. Look at it today. Now, see what happened? It was a wrong absolute. Why? It was contrary to the word. And now, you see where it all went to? Disgrace. And if your absolute is in some organization or some sensation or something else besides the person of Jesus Christ, you'll come to the same potion of shame. Only worse. If your absolute is not Christ, that's the only center post of the human life. And Christ is the Word. Amen. Not your church, your word, the Word. See, upon this absolute I'll build my church upon Christ the Word. There was a time when Mussolini 
was the absolute of Rome. I don't know. I might have read an article. Or it could have been that I uh, read it in a book or somebody told me. But when someone was being interviewed by uh, a Mussolinian, he was he wanted to bring Rome into uh, athlete, athletics. And uh, there's a big statue used to stand there of him uh, about athletics. That's all right. Greece had that idea many years ago. Rome's always tried to have it. The athletes, all right. But, but athletics, but, but remember, that won't take the place of Christ. Right. Remember how strong you are, that has nothing to do with it. He's the all-power. And you see what he tried to build Rome upon? And he tried to build Rome upon the thing of an absolute, that he was that absolute. And he said that one day that his, uh, his, uh, his uh, driver was one minute early and he shot him. So I didn't say be here at one minute before nine. I said be here by nine. Plow and shot him. I don't want you here one minute before. I want you here at nine. See? Look what an absolute. He tried to make himself. But you see what happened? You remember many of you here, the old timers, Roy Slaughter, maybe and farther back in that. Remembers down there when I told you about prophecy one day down there at the odd fellows building before we ever come to here. I said, Mussolini will come to a shameful end. I said, his first invasion, he will go to Ethiopia. And Ethiopia will fall at his step, but he'll come to his end and nobody will help him. And disgrace will he be buried. There he is. I said, there's three isms that rose up. Nazism, fascism, and communism. I said, them isms will revolve and come around into one of these communism. Watch communism will burn Rome. You watch it. It's a tool in God's hand. They think they're against God. They're working right into it all the time. Don't know it. He's just using them as a puppet. Some tool in his hand. Like he did Nebuchadnezzar. Many of the others. Now notice. See, now, there was a time when Pharaoh was the absolute of Egypt. But look where it's at now. See, it all failed. Oh, it's a wrong kind, so they always fail. They're a man-made absolutes. You can't take a man-made absolute. I don't care if it's a, a president, if it's a dictator, if it's a king, if it's a church, if it's an organization, if it's a creed. Any of those things are going to perish just like all the absolutes of that kind through the ages. We can look back. Look back. Look at man who trusted the emperors. Look at man who trusted the dictators. Look at man who built their hopes upon them kind of absolutes. And look where they are today. Now let's turn ourselves around and look at the man who put their hopes upon the Bible, upon God's Word, and Hallelujah. held it for an absolute. Look where they are now. Hallelujah. Paul gives you a little brief up in Hebrews 11 chapter. What they did. How they subdued kings, wrought righteousness, and so forth, and they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins of who the world's not worthy of. Waiting in glory for that grand resurrection. See, all right. For they, some of them didn't, didn't obtain to these miracles, and they give their bodies anyhow, looking forward to that resurrection. To finish out their lives, they didn't care for it. They wanted to go on and sacrifice themselves so they could obtain that resurrection. And that's what they did. Now, absolutes, we're talking. Absolute. You know, our Supreme Court is an absolute. It's an absolute. It's the, it's the final end of all arguments in this nation. That's right. 
Their decision is an absolute in our Supreme Court. Right? Oh, I know sometimes we don't like it. <laughs> it's, it's an absolute anyhow. Yes, sir. What if we didn't have that? Then what? But that's an absolute. It certainly is. Uh, why? That's our nation is tied to that. When that Supreme Court finally makes their final decision, that's it. There's no for where are you going to after that? You're going to follow their decision, that's all. You've got to. <coughs> They're the last word. They're the amen. You can try it in local city courts, you can try it in magistrate, and then go to federal to, uh, all kinds of courts and to federal courts, but when we come to the Supreme Court, that's it. Sometimes we don't like to say, well, I don't like their decision, but you try to get away from it once. That's the nation's absolute. And what if we didn't have it? Yes, we have to have an absolute. Everybody has to have one. You got one. But what I'm trying to tell you is background there and show you what absolutes are. Now, the nation's Supreme Court is the nation's absolute. That's the last thing in any kind of fuss. They said it. What they say, that's it. There's an absolute in a ball game. That's the empire. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we don't like his decision either. But it's, it's, it's that anyhow. The empire. His decision is the final word. That's right. No matter what others say, if he says it's a strike, it's a strike. That's right. Certainly. No matter what others say, that don't have nothing to do with it. And uh, let's just think of, if you, I don't go to ball games, so I just happen to jot that down. Uh, an empire. He's the absolute at the ball game. One of them say, that was the ball. The other say, you're a liar. They say, this is my way. You ought to be this way. The empire said, strike. <laughs> See the rest of them take their seat and sit down. <laughs> they gripe some of them, but... <laughs> I imagine they'd boo at him down their heart and things, but they'd strike anyhow. Why? He's a final word. First baseman said, you know that? That pass? Then say, you know that? He says, strike! That's all of it. Shut up, then. Go on back to your place. What if there wasn't any part of all My, could you imagine what kind of a game that would be? One of them said, there's a strike, there's a this, and there's a that, and there's a you're a liar, there'd be a fuss and a fight. To have a ball game, you got to have an absolute. Amen. And he walks out there, and no matter if you don't like him or what, he's the absolute anyhow. He is the absolute. His word is final, no matter what you say about it, it's that way. Now, if they didn't, the whole game would go into chaos. Is that right? What would the nation be if it was the federal court? If it was the Supreme Court in this nation, what would it go? Where would it go to? The nation would be in a chaos. If there wasn't a, if there was the empire of ball game, it would wind up. You wouldn't make the first throw to somebody would be fussing. Somebody stand there and maybe the really went right over the plate, and the other guy'd say, "Oh no, 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 it didn't do that." And then there you go. First ball was thrown that argue about. One of them said, that was a strike. They said, it wasn't a strike. See, you've got to have somebody that game's tied to. And that's the empire. When he says strike, it's strike. If he says ball, it's ball. Whatever he says, it goes. That's it. 
And if you didn't, you wouldn't have no game. Let me show you another absolute. There's a red light. A red light. When it says stop, it means stop. If you run it, you're going to pay for it. But if this city didn't have any lights out here, stop lights, what kind of a city would it be? It's got to have an absolute. I don't care what the policeman said or anybody else standing there. They're secondary. If somebody can prove that you went through on a green light, I don't care what the policeman said, you're wrong. When the light said go, that means go. That's the absolute. You can prove that. The light said go. The policeman might be standing somewhere. The mayor of the city might be somewhere. That'll make a bit of difference. If you've got proof that it was go, you go, and if somebody hits you, it's their fault. You can prove it. That's right. We can prove what we're talking about. Amen. Now, what if there wasn't no red light? One right up to a crossing. Look what it would be. One say, hey, get out of the way. I'm in a hurry. i got to go to work. I'm late now. I'm going to now. They said, you just think you are. Because I am the one that's going through because I was here first. Now you can see a woman get out and fix her hair. What if we didn't have a red light? Wouldn't there be a traffic jam? That's what's matter at the churches. That's right. That's the reason we got such a denominational jam. That's exactly right. Amen. Nobody's getting anywhere. They're standing fussing. Amen. Here is God's light. Amen. When it says go, go. Amen. When it says stop, this is for us and stop. Amen. That's right. That's where we are based upon that. That word. Not what some bunch of man said or some other bunch of man said. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. That's go. Amen. Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, as good as education is, but Jesus never required that. Amen. That's right. As good as churches are, buildings, he never required that. Amen. As good as hospitals was, we, the churches build hospitals. That's all right. We appreciate that, but he never required it. Amen. He said to the church, preach the gospel. Amen. And the gospel came not in word only, but through power and manifestation of the word. Amen. Paul said so. Amen. Then go manifest the gospel. Amen. Oh, my. Amen. If it was that way, oh, we are today living in a time when we got the best doctors we ever had. We got the best drugs we ever practiced with. You know that. And we salute those men. We pray for them. I do. And I hope you do. Uh, those men who with their uh, uh, understanding of Feeling, they got two senses to work by. That's seeing and feeling, and they and hearing. They work by a sound of a heart, or a, a feeling of a tumor or something, or a, the sight of something they can see, a spread of disease or or something on the face that's covering the face or the body somewhere. They they work upon those things, see, because that's and they. Try to take medicines and so much that will kill it and then won't kill you and, and so forth. They, that's their business to work on that. And we appreciate that. That's very fine. But we got the best doctors, the best medicine, the best hospitals, and more sickness than we ever had. Amen. Amen. We got more unbelief than we ever had. Amen. Yes, sir. Exactly. Ministers has organized themselves and got great denominations and taking in anything and so forth and just for anything making a church member and they're one order some seminary like a 
incubator chicken and hatch them out by a, a grinder that brings them out like that and sometimes know no more about God than a hot pot does about an Egyptian knight. Bring them through like that and the, there you are. See? Oh, what we need in our churches is a man that's got an absolute. Amen. What we need in a Methodist church, the Baptist church, the Pentecostal church, the Presbyterian church is an absolute. A man of God that'll stand tied to the Word and to Christ and bring that congregation under that condition or each member walks in condition of this Word, seeing that Word manifested for them, these signs shall follow them to believe into all the world. They said that was done away with. Jesus said, go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. We haven't reached all the world yet and long with some every creature. How long? All the world. Who to? Every creature. What will happen? These signs shall follow them that believe. My name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If they should take up a serpent or drink the deadly thing, it would not harm them. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. That's the absolute. Holding there the word. That north star, that compass that stays right with it. That's what we need. But we went out, built institutions, organized the people, tuck in members, and fussed with the Baptists because they didn't believe the way we did, and the Methodists because they didn't this way. And we hatched out a bigger seminary, built a bigger churches, a better plush pews, and a bigger organ, and so forth, a better dressed crowd. We got the mayor and everybody in the church, and what do we got? A bunch of death tied to a denominational absolute. Death! Oh, far pit! I die in my tracks. My absolute is Jesus Christ. Amen. Upon that side, need. If everybody walks out, someone said, Dr. David said to me, Billy, you preach such a thing as that, you'll preach it to the post of the church. I said, I'll be preaching God's word to the post, and because God's able to these post to rise children of Abraham. Amen. Right? God's word is true. He said, You think they'll believe you? I said, That's not my business. It's my business to stay true to that word. Amen. Amen. So you think you can meet an educated world like this with a theology of, of divine healing? I said, it's not my divine healing. It's his promise. He was the one who gave the commission. Oh, and I remember when he swept down there in that big light standing here at the bottom of the river, 1933 in June, when he said, has, has John the Baptist was sent forth? Before I'm the first coming of Christ, I send you with a message to the world to forerun the second coming of Christ. And around the world, she's went when revival fires have been built for 15 years on nearly every mountain. Amen. Divine healing across the nations and the power and restoration. Amen. Now I believe she's ready to strike that final climax. Now to bring forth a faith that'll rapture the church into the world. She's laying in the mechanism. Really at the end time. They've talked about it and everything, but the thing has moved up on us now. Yeah. Yes, sir. Give one. That's right. The, the, the red light, as I said, it settles the case. That's all. The red light tells you who goes. <laughs> no matter what anybody else says, it's what the red light says. <laughs> You really have a traffic jam if you don't if you don't mind the red light. There must be an absolute. Yes, Just like to the church, there's got to be an absolute. To the people in the church, you've got to have your absolute. But today, each church has its own absolute. <laughs> See, and don't try to take we Baptists believe this. We Methodists believe this. We Presbyterian believe this. 
We Pentecostals believe this. That's all right. But won't you take the rest of it? Amen. What's right of the rest of it? We Baptists believe in immersing. It's good. What about the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Amen. What about speaking with tongues? Amen. What about gifts of healing? Amen. What about prophecy? Amen. Oh, no. We don't. That was for another age. Oh, boy. Pentecostals, you say, well, we believe in speaking in tongues for the evidence. Sure. Speaking in tongues is all right. But that's still not the evidence. Amen. Many people speak in tongues. That's true. That's as far as they ever go. Amen. The devil can impersonate any gift that's got. Amen. Any gift that's in the Bible. Paul said, though I speak with tongue of men and angels, though I give my body to be burnt as a sacrifice, though I sell all my goods to feed the poor, and though I have faith to move mountains, though I went to the seminary and learned all the knowledge there is to be learned, I'm still nothing. Amen. It's the person of Christ. Amen. Christ. Receive Him, and you can't receive Him without receiving His Word. The Word has to come first, and then the life comes into that Word and manifests that Word. Didn't Jesus say, if I do not the works of my Father, then don't believe me? It was the Word of God being manifested. God was in Christ reconciling, expressing Himself to the world what He was. That was was the absolute. That was the eternal absolute there. Now you say, is that the eternal, Brother Adam? That was. Then what about today? Jesus said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he also. Amen. The same absolute. All right. Each one has her own absolute. Oh, my. It's just like it was in the days of Judges. Every man done what was right in his own sight. In the days of Judges, every man had his own, his own absolute. He Amen. did just what he wanted to do, and that's the way it is now. Every man done right in his own sight. Now, you know the reason he did that in Judges? This might shock just a little bit. But the reason they did it in Judges because they had no prophet for the word of the Lord to come to. So every man could do what he wanted to in his own sight. That's exactly what's happened today. We don't have the prophet in these days of denominations, but God promised us one. He did. In the last days, he would rise up and send Elijah back on the scene again, and he would turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers, back to the original Pentecost. You know he said that. Now, I know you'll refer, as he did there, to John over in Matthew 11, chapter, and uh, the sixth verse, I believe it is, when they said, who do you think this man was, this John? He said, if you can receive it, this is he that was spoken of. Behold, I send my messenger before my face. That's Malachi 3. Not Malachi 4. But remember, if that was the Malachi 4, then the word failed because he said, but just at this time, the whole world would be burnt. The righteous would walk out upon the ashes of the wicked. (laughs) Don't mix it up, brother. Make it say just exactly what it says. That's right. He promised it in the last days. And it'll be right in the midst. Remember when judges, every man done the way he wanted, there was no man. No man could make that word live. There was no prophet. The word of the Lord always comes to the prophet. Amen. Right. And he's always hated. Only a little group that love him. And see, but I mean, there was always that God doesn't change his policy. He cannot then be God. If God ever says anything or does anything, he must do the next time. When that crisis arises, if he don't act the second time the way he did the first time, he acted wrong the first time. Amen. And who will accuse God of acting wrong? Amen. Who are you can lay sin to God? That's Amen. what Jesus said. Which one of you can accuse me of sin? Amen. What is sin? Unbelief. He that believeth not is condemned already. Amen. Which one of you can show me that I haven't fulfilled everything Messiah should do? Hallelujah. Nobody spoke a word. 
He had. The Messiah was a prophet. Amen. And he had proved that he was that. He hadn't had a prophet for hundreds of years Amen. since Malachi. And here he rose on the scene. He was a mystic to the people and a stumbling block Amen. to the church. Because he said, Behold, I'll lay in Zion a cornerstone, a precious one, tried. Oh, a stumbling stone. Amen. Yeah. But whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. That's right. There he was. And they just exactly fulfilled scripture. But those who believed him had an absolute. Little Martha, when she seen Lazarus come from the grave, she knew who that was. Even before it done it, she had the absolute of knowing, I believe that thou art the Son of God that was to come into the world. Even Amen. now, though my brother be dead, just say the word. Yeah. God will do it. Amen. Amen. She was absolutely positive. Yeah. That's right. When he said that, and she meant it from her heart, he said, where have you buried him? Yeah. There, come and see. There he stood there with a vision, because he said, I do nothing until the Father shows me first. St. John 5, 19. Sent him away from, uh, went away from Lazarus' house. He sent for him to come pray. He knew Lazarus was going to die. And after the amount of time, he said, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. They said, he does well. He said, he's dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. They've been asking him to pray for him. Then he comes back and said, but I go wake him. Amen. I'll go and see what I can do. <laughs> I'll go wake him. Why? The Father's already showed me just what to do. Went down to the grave. There stood a man. There stood God in flesh. Amen. That could have said to that stone, dissolve, and it would have dissolved. But he said to them women, them poor little women, little young women, said, take away the stone. <laughs> you got something to do too. And they rolled away the stone and it made him sick. He was so stinky. There he stood there. Oh my. I can see him straighten that little frail frame up because the Bible said there's no beauty we should desire him. He wasn't very much to look at. Just like David. He was chosen king when he's just a little ruddy thing, see? All them great big fellows said, wouldn't he look pretty with a crown on his head? Take this older son, Jeff said. Samuel said, God refused him. <laughs> Brought all his sons up. Samuel got, yeah, we got one, but he wouldn't look like a king. Why is the little bitty stooped, shouldered, ruddy looking fellow? Go get him. And as soon as he come walking before that prophet, the spirit fell on him. He run with that oil and poured it on his head and said, this is your king. That's it. Yes, sir. Jesus stood there, stooped, shouldered, perhaps turning gray when he's yet not... Over 30 years old. The Bible said he might have looked like 40. Jews said, you're a man not over, over 50 years old. And you say you've seen Abraham. He said, before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> oh, my. St. John 6. Then we come to find out. Here he stood by the grave. He knew that vision had to strike. He knew it had to be. Take away the stone. He was stinking, wrapped in grave clothes. Been dead for four days. His nose had already fell in that much time. There he stood there. Straighten up his little body. I am the resurrection man. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Amen. Tell me a man could ever make a statement like that. Amen. Whosoever believeth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? He said, Yea, Lord. <laughs> though he had failed her, seemingly. When she called, he didn't go. She called again, he didn't go. But here she says, I know that thou art the Christ that was to come into the world. Amen. He said, Nazareth, come forth. And a man had been dead for days. Why? What? Christ had the absolute. It saw the vision. It couldn't fail. Amen. That's right. It couldn't fail. He was absolutely sure. And Martha was absolutely sure if she could get him to recognize what she believed in him to be, she'd get what she asked for. Amen. 
right. There there was the absolute. It tied in with the Word. And that was it. Every man today does in his own sight what he seems good because there is no prophet. Look, in the days of the judges, look at in the days when uh, I believe it was Elijah or Elisha one, yeah, that uh, the dead baby, the, the Shunammite woman, she made Elijah was God's man of the day. Not just some good intelligent teacher, but he was an old guy that walked along. If you'd come to, come to your door today, you'd probably run him away. A whole nation hated him. Jezebel and all the rest of them hated him because she sat in the White House and made all the women do the way she did and all of them patterned after her and, and uh, Ahab was turned, his head was turned by her power. Amen. We haven't missed it too far today. Amen. Just about Amen. the same. And there, there you are. And there's all popularity and all, there's all snowed up. But that little old Shunammite, or not Shunammite woman, but little, yes, I believe she was a Shunammite. When she come and seen that that power was in Elijah, she said, I perceive that he's a holy man. Amen. And when that baby was laying dead, she said, saddle that mule and don't you stop. She went up there, she knowed, and I liked that the way she come. She got to her absolute, her tie post. Elijah said, here comes that Shunammite. She's grieving, but I don't know what's wrong. See, God don't show his servants everything, just what he wants them to know. So he said, her heart is grieved, but I don't know. He said, run, find out Gehazi and see what's wrong. He said, is all well with thee? Is all well with thy husband? Is all well with thy son? Look at her. Oh, this is it. She said, all is well. Amen. Why? She'd come to her absolute. Amen. All is well. And she knelt down, fell first at his feet, and Gehazi raised her up. That's not right before his, his master raised her up. And she began to tell him. Now, he didn't have no absolute now. He knew he had power by the vision to give her the child. But now, what did he do? He took his staff and went out in the room. But shut all the doors, taking everybody else out. He walked up and down the room. He had an absolute if he could only contact it. Back and forth, up and down the room. Oh, my. He felt something striking. He laid yeah. himself on the baby. Got back up again. Went away. The, the baby kind of moved, got warm. He raised back and forth. He didn't get a good contact with the absolute. <laughs> what was it, Lord? What did you say do? No doubt when he turned, he saw a vision. That little boy run playing. Jumping in the rope. Something like that. Playing. He thought himself upon the baby. He stuck his nose upon its nose. His lips upon its lips. And the power of God raised up the baby to life. What was it? The woman's absolute was the prophet. The prophet's absolute was God. And together with the word, I am the resurrection of life. The creator, she raised up again the baby. Sure, reason every man done in his own way. Because he had no prophet for the word of the Lord to come to. The word and the prophets was missing in that day. Oh, I seen this at my conversion. (laughs) Of the day that we lived in. I'm so glad that God got a hold of me before the church did. I'd probably been an infidel. Yes, sir. I, all this conglomeration of mess and everybody. Well, come over and join ours. And if you don't, well, you pick up your letter and go join the other. No. Won't you bring your letter into our fellowship? I believe there's one letter. That's what Christ writes your name on the Lamb's book of life. That's the only one. When I've seen all the denominations... Our background is Irish, which was formerly Catholic. And I've seen that was corrupt and rotten. 
I went out to a certain denominational church here in the city. They said, oh, we're the way, the truth, the line. We got all of it. I went to another in New Albany. Oh, my, them guys up there don't know what they're talking about. Catholic said, you're all wrong. I thought, oh, my. I played with a little Lutheran boy, and I thought, a little German Lutheran. I went over and I said, uh, where do you go to church at? I go to that church. I went out and I found out they said they were the way. I went out to Brother Dale and Emmanuel Baptist, or the First Baptist. They said, this is the way. Now I went to Irish church and said, well, this is the way. Oh, I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. But I want to get right. I didn't know what to do, and I didn't know how to repent. I wrote a letter. I thought I'd seen him in the woods. I wrote him a letter. I said, dear sir, I know you passed down this path here because I sat here squirrel hunting. I know you come by. I know you're here. I want you. I want to tell you something. I thought, now wait a minute. I I never seen anybody. I I want to talk to them. I, I want to speak with them. Uh, I want to talk to him. I thought, well, now, I don't know how to do it. And I went out in the shed, and knelt down, water wet, in little old car sitting there wrecked up. And I said, I believe I've seen a picture. I believe they put their hands like this. And I got down, and I said, now what I'm going to say. I said, there's some way you have to do this, and I don't know. I know there's a way to approach everything, but I don't. I said, I put my hands like this. I said, um, dear sir, I wish that you would come and speak with me just a moment. I want to tell you how bad I am. Help my hand like this. I listen. People said, God talked to me, and I know what he did talk because I heard it when I was a kid. Tell me not to drink anything. He didn't answer me. I said, maybe I suppose to put my hands like this. So I said, dear sir. Uh, I don't know just exactly how to do this, but uh, I trust that you'll, will you help me? And each preacher tell me, come join theirs and stand up and say, they tell Jesus Christ and they believe Jesus be the Son of God. Devils believe the same thing. So I thought, I, I got to have something better than that. So I sat like this. I read where Peter and John passed through the gate called Beautiful, and there was a man crippled in his other room. Said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Oh, I know that I didn't have that. <laughs> so I was trying to, to find out how to do it. I didn't know how to pray. I made my hands. Then I laid down like this. Of course, Satan come on the scene then. Said, you see, you waited too long. You're already 20 years old. There's no need to try it now. You know? Then I got all broke up and started crying. Then when I really got broke up, I said, I'm going to talk. If you don't talk to me, I'm going to talk to you anyhow. So I, I said, I'm no good. I'm ashamed of myself. Mr. God, I know you hear me somewhere. You hear me, and I'm ashamed of myself. I'm ashamed that I have neglected you. About that time, I looked up, and a funny feeling swept over me. Here come a light moving through the room and made a cross. Like that, and a voice that I never heard in my life talk. I looked at it, just cold all over, numb, I'm scared. I couldn't move. I stood looked at it, and it went away. I said, sir, I, I, I don't understand your language. I said, I, if you can't talk mine... And I, and, and I don't understand yours. And, and if you have, forgive me. I know that I'm supposed to be reckoned in that cross there. Somewhere that my sins are supposed to lay in there. And, and if you will forgive me, just come back and talk in your own language. And I'll understand by that if you can't talk my language. I said, you just let it come back again. And there it was again. Oh, my Amen. goodness. There I got an absolute. Amen. Yes, sir. Felt like a, a load of 
40 tons lifted off my shoulders. I walked down through that boardwalk, couldn't even touch the ground. Mother said, Billy, you're nervous. I said, no, Mama, I don't know what happened. There's a railroad track back there. I run down that railroad track, jumping up the air just as hard as I could. I didn't know how to give vent to my feelings. Oh, if I'd have known how to shout. <laughs> I was shouting, but in my own way, you see. What was it? I anchored my soul in a haven of rest. That settled it. That was my absolute. There I'd found something. Not some mythical, some idea. I'd talk with the man. I'd talk with that man that told me never to drink or smoke or do anything. I would defile myself with women's and so forth. That when I got older, there'd be a work for me to do. I'd contacted him. Not the church. I'd contacted him. Him. Yes, sir. He was the one. Like a fellow down here at the Kwana, sir, that... Uh, was speaking not uh, right at the First World War. Brother Funk standing there being a soldier. He said that he was, uh, it's a little kind of sound jokey. It's no place for a joke, but here's what he said. He's here in New Albany. He said, the captain take this out and said, that whole country there is invested with Japs. Tomorrow, boys, we go in, we got to take them. He said, remember, boys, there's many of us standing here today that won't be there tomorrow. They won't be here tomorrow. We're going in in the morning at daylight. He said, now each one get to his own religion. This guy said, no, I didn't have any religion. And said, I said, said, I stood there and all the rest of them said, here come a chaplain went this way and a Protestant went this way and a Jewish went this way and a Catholic went that way with their chaplain. Said, I stood there and said, the uh, commanding officer said to me, he said, boy, you better get to your religion. He said, I ain't got any. He said, you better be getting some because you're going to need some right away, I'm sure. And said, by that time, he seen a bunch going by. It's Catholic. Said, he walked over and said to this priest, could you give me some religion? And he said, come on. Said he went in and made a Catholic out of me. And there in New Albany, there was John Haller and a bunch of them real royal Catholics sitting there, you know, when this guy was telling this. And he said, he said, the next day in the combat, he's talking about, oh, how it wasn't said. He's a great big fellow, you know, said, they got hand to hand and they're just stabbing with knives and screaming and cutting and slashing. So the lines got twisted up. They got right around one of them. Jeff let him walk right into it like that. And them big old machine guns are blaring from every side and hand to hand combat. Said directly, I stopped blowing like this. Said everything screams and carrying on, you couldn't hear yourself. Said, Blood. Said, Oh, look. And it was my blood. Said, Look here, there's a hole in my side. He said, That was my blood. And said, I, you know, I, 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 <laughs> a real Catholic friend, I'm not saying this for, for fun now, but a real royal Catholic said, said, Did you say Hail Mary? He said, No, sir. So that was my blood. I didn't want any secretaries. I said, I want to talk to the main man. That was was my blood. And I think that's about the way it ends. Yes, sir. That's the way it goes. We've got to have a time post, an absolute. I had no time for his secretary. He said, I want to talk to him. That's it, brother. When a man comes to Christ, you don't want to take some preacher's word, some secretary's word, some something else. You Protestants don't take this, that, or that. Go to that absolute. Until you're anchored there by the new birth being born again and filled with the Holy Ghost and you see the Bible being manifested in humility and love through your life. Oh, then that's your absolute. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the character of Ezra here, where he recognized that he had testified to the king, saying the Lord is with those who seek to do good and is against those who don't follow his ways. 
And Lord, here he was with all this treasure and their little ones going back, Lord, to rebuild your temple. And looking at how he had testified of that to the king and he was ashamed to ask of him guards to help them along the way. And Father, he did the next best thing. If they fasted and entreated you to be their protection. We pray, Father, help us not to have carnal quick solutions to our problems, but Lord, to go in supplication before you and ask, Lord, for you to intervene in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.